everybody, welcome to the Higher Points Podcast. In the studio this week again with Nate. He uh, finished up Harvest this evening, as a matter of fact, right? Thank God. Well, this afternoon. Yeah. And uh, we're just coming at you with a to the point. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, a to the point is basically just a quick down and dirty anywhere from about, I don't know, 15 to 40 minutes sometimes. It just depends, usually on the longer side because we end up getting on a rant of just kind of what's been bouncing around our minds, things that we've been thinking about, things we wanted to talk about, and just kind of pass that stuff on. So here we are. So welcome back, my friend. Glad to be here. <laughs> you uh, So <clears throat> Harvest this year uh, kicked off. When did you guys first start? Um, Two weeks ago is when we started the custom harvesting job. Oh, yeah, which that one was not as much fun as you'd hoped it would be. Mm-mm. That took you a lot longer than you thought. We gave him a quote and thought it was going to take a day and based our quote on that and it took five days so we kind of and it was in sedgwick so we lost our asses on that but yeah well they uh those those plants look like christmas trees they I mean, were the best way to explain it they were some of the biggest plants i've seen they had you know like typically like a pretty good plant is like you get a pound of bud per plant and they had over two <laughs> pounds of bud per plant like dried material yeah which is Almost unheard of. Well, and even uh, Heath was saying it was really good stuff, too. Like, yeah. when he was smelling it and looking at it and everything, he was saying that it was really good. It was. Um, so, you guys started on your stuff on Thursday, right? Yep. And then uh, you guys did, you guys first did the double hoop, and then you went to the field. The field. But then you did the shade house, right? Shade house on Friday. And no. then on Yesterday. Saturday, yeah. And then today you finished, what do you call the big one? Just the big hoop. The big hoop? Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to um, have to number them because we're going to get another one next year. So Yeah. So uh, so the the field grow didn't go too well this year. Nope. And the, they, they, they definitely were not Christmas trees. They were uh, baby Christmas trees, like uh, <laughs> one and a half foot Christmas trees. Yeah. Which is definitely different from the big hoop because the big hoop, they were like 11 feet. Yeah. Did you Close ever measure any of them just to see what they were? No, just that one was right at that bar and I'm... If I remember right from building it, it was like right at 11 foot. Yeah. Well, uh, one thing I know that you guys are always really wanting to like be helpful and help people and stuff. And you guys kind of learned a lesson that you were telling me about on the way here with the fertilizers and stuff that you guys were putting through your irrigation system and kind of one of the the headaches that it ended up giving you. I wanted you to elaborate on that and share on that. Yeah, I think one of our major issues in the field was like fertilizer we use is like heavy in carbon. And then there was also a kelp that we used, which are kind of thicker. And with our, the emitters we have on our drip tape, it was too big of particles, I think. And we plugged emitters because when I, we were out there picking up the irrigation today and I opened up the end of one of those, it was just like a sludge that came out. So that pretty much, I'm guessing like a lot of those plants didn't get water all year long, all year long, you know, in the or the, Or the nutrients because the nutrients were still in the the irrigation hose right yep. so yep. any any other lessons you learned this year have you guys still you guys have any thoughts on like maybe what happened in the shade house because they were they were a little bit droopy you know i mean they weren't like like crispy dead or anything like that but they yeah. weren't like oh it was around the i can't remember like fifth or sixth of september i mean it was right at the beginning of the month when it was up at 102 or yeah, whatever you know right and it cooled off and got real hot again i went in there around lunchtime and those plants just looked like hell like they were drooping and branches were breaking off and everything. And I turned the water on. They looked a little better that night. But after that point, they never really produced anything. 
Whereas the rest of the plants had almost a month. They had a month to grow and put bud on. And so if that, I don't know what happened. I don't know if the heat zapped them or what the deal was. But Well, I say, didn't you think your fans were maybe not keeping up there in that, that greenhouse or the uh, hoop house? I don't know. Because it was, it was about 10 degrees hotter in there than the other one. There was almost 120 degrees in that thing. Wow. And how long do you think they were sitting like that? Mm, I would say a few hours. I mean, it wasn't, it was a cooler morning. Well, aren't they supposed to be pretty tolerant to temperature changes and stuff like that? Not when they're in something like that. I mean, it's. Well, at it's, least if they're in the field, they have like air moving around them to kind of help. Yeah. And they do in there too, but it's just an enclosed environment. And they're used to. Like, typically it's cooler in those hoop houses than it is outside because the air movement and that kind of thing. Well, I remember you and your dad talking one time and, you know, of course me nerding out just because it was like something new to learn. But you were talking about how there's a point with which like some people or or you have the availability to or something like that of stressing the plant during its growth cycle with a little bit of heat because it helps like them produce bigger colas or it puts more nutrients to it or something like that. You were telling me like it, if you heat stress it earlier in its growth cycle and then not later on. Um, it really not just not necessarily heat stress, but any stress can really no, make okay. it stack like that. So whether that's water, um, like too much water, not enough water, you know, any stressor will make it put on THC and earlier in its life, it's, it gets easier for it to grow out of that or at the end, like, you don't have the time to produce the CBD to even that back out. I got you. Um, any other lessons learned this year? Um, I think we're going to cut back on our field plants. We're not going to do a 1,000 in the field. Probably do like 300. Change up the way we do our beds. We're going to make beds this year in the field instead of doing, like, cover crop and that kind of stuff. So we're going to have actually only be four rows of plants in ground that we rip and till and um, spread our um, nutrients in in the fall, <clears throat> and then we will um, plant kind of staggered into those, and we'll also uh, roll out um, organic straw bales on there, and we'll plant into that, and that'll be the weed suppression. And I say that's what we did in the shade house, right? Mm-hmm. When we planted the shade house, yeah. Okay, so um, this one we're just gonna take a. Um, a round bale and just unroll it. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about spreading it like that because that's a pain in the butt. Well, I mean, you, you unroll it prior to the planting though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say because it would make sense to roll it over the top of plants. Yeah. We're going to sell the transplanter and we'll just be all hand planting now. Cool. Um, so do you guys think you're going to custom harvest again or you can think that's going to be something that you just got? Eh, we're probably not going to do that again. I don't know. We got to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. We may, but it'll be something where we hire a crew and kind of do it like for a couple full days or take some time off work or something like that. It'll be more expensive too. Yeah, a little bit more planning. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember that you were kind of, when we when we loaded up that first load and took it to Heath, I remember you were like calling like, hey, I've been asking around work for tonight and here's kind of what I've got figured out. Yep. Um, but it, it was, it was, uh, it was, you know, a learning experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are experiences you're going to be able to draw on later on when you're doing stuff or when you, people ask you if you can do something, you can draw on those experiences and been like, been there, done that. And, uh, here's the price. And if you don't like it, like, here's why. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I have done that. And 
It's next year. We're gonna <laughs> we'll just tap into the college market. Get some of those college kids that need a little extra spending money. I think. Yeah. Can't get a hold of a football coach or something like that. Well, I would tell you that you know every time I go to interview those college students and I'm like, "Are you employed?" Like I would say, seventy five percent or more of the time, it's no. Yeah. So you would probably definitely have a market there to invest in. So. Anything else on Harvest or anything like that? Not much more on Harvest. Nope. Getting ready for the next season, right? You guys were gonna. You said you're basically gonna try to get ready during this fall. Get the beds ready. Get the hoop houses tilled, um, planted, clover in. Um, get the old stalks out. Um, get some irrigation set up in those, and then we'll be taking a little bit of time away. So I, I know the answer to this question, but I want to ask it so people that are listening know why, why is it important to get the old stocks out? Because they're uh, very um, tree-like, and they would uh, they'd be hard on our equipment. And just actually, it was kind of funny. We were walking through there, and I think it was Lauren or Mom or someone was walking, not paying attention, and one of them was kind of laying down, pointing, and they walked right into that thing and just. Poked him right in the stomach. <laughs> well, I, didn't you also talk about you were also worried about some of the funguses? Oh, that yeah. Yeah. There is, um, and you could see some spots like on the, like rust and that kind of stuff that shows up on those stalks. And we take those and we just, we just burn them for now because there ain't much you can do with our CBD stalks. It doesn't work good for fiber for, um, like textiles and that kind of stuff. Like all the stuff that South Bend's doing. Mm hmm. What's the difference? Is it a difference in the very, or in the, the genetics? The, okay. Yeah. Cause theirs are like long strands where ours are Christmas trees. You know, they don't have a whole bunch of nodes with different branches coming off where ours have. Well, and it's completely different. It's like comparing apples to oranges of what you're doing with those specific plants. Yep. So how long will it take you to get your finished product from Heath to, to you roughly? Mm, Heath will have it in distillate in a couple of days and then we'll have. Um, have that, but we still have distillate from last year. We're doing the, um, retail products. So you're still doing okay mm -hmm. on that. Um, so how much do you think you're, how many pounds did you get total? Do you know? Don't know yet. Well, I guess because the, the other one's drying right now, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't know for, for sure. I would guess around 350 or so. Is that good? Bad? Okay. Man. Just Man. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the two, Two hoop houses that we harvested yesterday and today were the better two, and that's most of the weight. What would you like to get, like, ideally out of that? Uh, I don't know. I feel like the two hoop houses, if we could get a pound of plant, you know, we'd be over five, six hundred pounds total. And that, that includes everything <clears throat> except the stock, right? Because you're getting, like, all the leaves and all the colas, right? Yeah. And that's that's interesting to think about it, getting a pound of colas and leaves from one plant. Mm -hmm. And then it's like 11 feet tall, <laughs> like trying to hold just those those little plants, trying to hold that weight's kind of cool. Yeah, and some of them have two pounds, you know, like those ones that um, those people we harvested for. Like they were the size of footballs on the top of those plants. Well, they uh, like those ones in the shade house, like in the middle, they were really tall. Like, why do you think, like, that middle was kind of the sweet spot? Mm. I mean, they, I guess as it kind of went back, it was pretty tall, but yeah, it the was, middle seemed to have the most, like, the tall ones. I kind of think it has to do with, like, 
the way the sunlight was coming in on both ends. But then also the shorter ones are at the end of the irrigation line there. The shorter ones are at the ir- end of the irrigation line in the shade house because they were getting plugged towards the ends. And so the end plants aren't getting as much water. Yeah. So uh, what what are what are some ways that you can overcome the issues with the fertilizer stuff? Do you have to get bigger emitters or just change up the what you're putting into the... We're going to change up our fertilizers. We're, we weren't real happy with... Results from this last year, so we're gonna change it up a little bit. Well, how can you really gauge it if it never really made it to the plant? Well, it's it's two years in a row that we've used it, and the previous year it was kind of the same way. No, oh, okay. Did you have the sludge issues the previous year? Mm-mm. Huh. We when didn't it? use kelp the previous year though. Oh, okay. So we maybe be able to just cut that kelp out and go that direction with it. Gotcha. <laughs> well, the thing that's been kind of bouncing around my mind is something we started talking about on the way here. And it's something that I've been, I've been struggling with a little bit too, because, you know, I'd spent the last couple of years like hitting strongman really hard. And, you know, it's, it's to the point where other things in life started to come up and it's just life. Like I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying it's life. And so it's one of those things where like at some point something had to give and I had to like start focusing on, um, what I was going to do. So like, for instance, I have a lot of medical bills that I'm paying right now. So I have been like picking up overtime shifts, extra shifts at the SO working on computer jobs and that kind of stuff just to get extra cash to come in. And I'd really been struggling with like the not coming to the gym and not being in the gym. And, and then, you know, when I did get into the gym, it was almost like it was kind of a little bit of a grind like I, I lost, like I could tell that I'd lost some strength. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still strong, but I mean, it's just like not, it wasn't that just like one foot in front of the other. <clears throat> There'd been some like steps backwards. And so like, it was even something I was talking with Felicia about. Cause she'd been like pushing me to, she's like, well, you know, like basically have to kind of decide like how dedicated are you and like all this other kind of stuff. And then I was also telling her when I was pushing myself, cause like we were doing those uh, Z presses, those from the floor where you like sit on your butt and you, you press the axle, mm-hmm. so you don't can't you don't have the benefit of your legs. And like I was really weak in that. She wanted me to start at 185. Uh, I couldn't even get it off the like the safety bars. Like it went, and I was like supposed to work up to like 225 or something mm-hmm. like that. And there was just no way. I mean, it was to the point where I had like pain in my shoulder because like I felt like my shoulder almost came out of place that it wasn't out of place, but just like to illustrate the sensation. And I ended up like stretching my arm like back with a, with a resistance band. And it was like kind of like that feeling. And then the pain went away. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, obviously my body's saying this is too much. Like you can't do this. So I had to back it off. But she was also telling me, like, you know, if you really want to get stronger, you need to kind of start pushing yourself in the accessory stuff more. So I was like, okay. So then I started pushing on that. And, um, and then she, and I was like, well, you know, you told me to push myself. And she's like, well, on the accessory stuff, this is not accessory. This is like the core thing. She's like, I want you to successfully do this lift. I'm like, okay. So starting to push myself a little more in the accessory stuff. But what I'm getting at and illustrating all of this point is, is like, so, Um, to me, life is like this culmination of all kinds of experiences and like how you live your life and what you do with your life and what you do with your time. Because, you know, time, you know, time is not your, your time on this world is not guaranteed. You know, and I was even reminded of that. I was telling Nate on a call that I handled on Friday where, um, a guy had, you know, was, was very angry at me, um, 
over the call and he came out of his house and then, you know, proceeded to like lift a cell phone up, which my brain interpreted as, oh my goodness, like this guy's leveling a gun at you, you know, and he was in a dark environment. I couldn't really see him very well. And so like I had that, oh no moment. And so, so it was just kind of a little bit of a wake up call as well. Just another one of those reminders that, um, you know, like your next day is not guaranteed. Never is. Yeah. That you're, you're, and so the next day not being guaranteed is, so like for instance, Nate needed help, uh, harvesting hemp. And so I went out on Thursday when I got off instead of going to the gym. And well, actually I went to the gym early that day, but I just did the, um, the workout of the day, which was basically abs instead of doing the strongman workout, which of course in my mind, the, the strongman workouts, the most important because it's like, that's what you're getting ready to do. So that's like your litmus test of kind of where you're at. Yeah. Even though abs are important, you know, you have to have the stability of your abs to lift. But I was thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, so I have this opportunity to go out and spend time with Nate and his family and enjoy that. And, or I can like totally blow them off and come in the gym and like do this one workout. And so like, I didn't want to miss out on that experience and on that time. And it's the same thing, like I, I've left the gym several times to go be with my family or not come to the gym to be with my family. So what I'm trying to get at is, is like strongman is like a piece of me, but it is not what defines me. And it's not like I, I have no want to be an Eddie Hall or a Brian Shaw. I don't care to be the strongest man in the room. It's just something that helps me prolong my ability to gather those experiences and that I can be like my grandfather and be almost 90 and still have my autonomy, still be driving, still living at home. And so it's been a little bit of mental gymnastics for me in the sense of, cause I felt honestly kind of worthless as a result of that, but it was just kind of putting that stuff into perspective and just being like, okay, what am I actually doing here? Like, Missing a strongman workout of the day this week is not a big deal. Like I, I got all the other workouts in. I did the other core workouts and I just didn't get some time on the Viking press and stuff like that. And I still went to your place and basically got a workout. I was mm-hmm. sore <laughs> the next day. Uh, especially my body my, is tired. Yes. Especially in like my forearms and stuff. I was really sore. But uh, I, I just really enjoy being around like you and your family and my family and like other people. And so it's, it's more about the experiences and then using the other stuff around you as like tools to help you gain and get those experiences. Like mm-hmm. that's what the gym is. It's just like a tool that helps me stay healthier longer to make those experiences. So that's what's been kind of bouncing around my mind because I think it's pretty easy to want to get into something because it's it's not a bad thing to want to get into it and do it well and be good at something but i think you have to really look at it and take a step back of like what what do you want to do with this what do you want to get out of it now if your drive and is to be the strongest man and that's what you're going to do or woman and that's what you're going to do by all means do it that's your focus that's where your life's at but that's just not where mine is Mm mm-hmm and so it's it's just kind of that's a small percentage of people that are yeah no kidding <laughs> um so it's one of those things of it in, in life like let's let's face it you know not only do i have a family and a couple of jobs and bills and all this other kind of stuff going on and then plus like wanting to do a podcast wanting to hang out with you wanting to hang out with my family uh hang out with other friends play video games 
there's no way to give 100% to everything. It's just impossible. You can't do it. And and plus, sleep is important too. So you have to actually give time to sleep, yep. which is something that I love and I do. And uh, I struggle I, with that. Well, I had I have recently, especially. Well, you're telling me you're gonna lay down to take a nap tonight, and then you were only there for 20 minutes. Yeah, I woke up. I was like, I don't know what time I texted you. It was around 5:30, wasn't it? Somewhere, yeah. And I was like, bet I'm gonna take a nap for about an hour, hour and a half. I laid down, woke up six o'clock. I was like, mm, that wasn't a good nap. <laughs> um. But it's just like taking that step back and just really, really analyzing what you want out of it because you can't give 100% to everything. So you need to carve time out to things. And now that doesn't mean if you suddenly, like for instance, right now, I'm focusing more of my time, effort, and energy on working to be able to pay medical bills. Now, once those are gone, that means I can now rearrange and shift that, you know, shift that time management, shift that percentage. I'm going to shift percentages away from working so much to pay bills and shift a percentage more into going to the gym or to hanging out with family. So whenever you set those, keep in mind that is very fluid. It's not something that's set in stone. It's something that can change not only day by day, more month by month, but your year by year. It's something that you basically kind of have to like set your goals for the day of what you find important and yep. then just conquer those goals. 100%. So that's all I had to ramble on today. I ain't got nothing else. <laughs> cool. Well, we'll keep that one nice and short and sweet. You want to take it, uh, the outro from there, homie? Yeah, guys. Well, uh, thanks for listening to the higher points and, uh, hope you enjoyed this to the point and hope you guys have a good Monday. Um, we'd appreciate, uh, um, likes and shares on our Instagram and, uh, like our, uh, Facebook and social media pages at the higher points and, uh, leave us a review if you would. Thank you guys. Hey, uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Don't forget, we're renting out the podcast studio. If you uh, want to start your own podcast or record a few, or you want some advice on what to buy, we can help you with that. Just uh, hit us up uh, www.thehigherpoints.com and click on the contact tab, and you'll be able to get a hold of us. We'll catch up with you guys next time. Mm-hmm.